Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of the podcast you're about to listen to right now. Just a heads up that the official shirt of the Conspiracy the Show podcast, the redacted document shirt, is available again in our online store for a very limited time. And this time around, it's pink. For the next seven days, those shirts are available for pre-sale and they're on sale. Just go to youdontshow.link slash store and buy one. The discount is applied automatically at checkout. It's so easy. Get yours today. Again, that's youdontshow.link slash store. And thanks. We love you. Let's get to the show. People of Earth, your planet has to be destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but there is a guest in the room, YouTube sensation John Lewis is here. How's it going? <laughs> what up, though? And I'm probably going to run from the government after this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could see that. We're doing one of my favorite episode formats. It's a my favorite conspiracy episode which that just means the guest brings the topic and the research and I get to listen and be convinced. But in this case, it's not going to take much convincing. John, what is the conspiracy you're bringing to the show this week? I don't even know how to word it. Basically, my conspiracy is that the federal government is pretty much actively suppressing black wealth building, I guess, or I don't know how to describe it. You, I read it to you. How would you, do, how would you title it? I think that's actually the right way to say it. The federal government is actively suppressing black wealth building. And yeah, I sure I sure don't disagree. As crazy as it would be for the American government to suppress anything related to black people, this sounds about right. I mean, civil rights, they did that. So why not wealth also? So the thing about this conspiracy is I didn't really realize it was a conspiracy up until a few years ago because... I grew up in Detroit for people that never heard any episodes about me. So like, this is stuff like we just all thought was common knowledge. Like literally teachers would teach it. Like we learned about redlining and stuff like that. And the more, as I started working and stuff with a lot of other cultures, I realized the average American doesn't know what redlining is. Like that's, you would think that's just something everybody knows about. Like if you just, if we just started redlining, and the basic definition of a conspiracy, it's literally a conspiracy that's been proven. So the TLDR yeah. version is that once black people started being, well, stopped being property, and they was like, fine, you know, <laughs> buy houses. All of the real estate agents, they got together and was like, all right, well, when we sell black people houses, they can't go past these areas in each city. And they drew up red lines. And it's why now, all the way in 2024, basically... The worst part of any city is the South Side and it's mostly and it's basically almost all black or every city. You can kind of tell what the black area is. And that's not by coincidence. Yeah, I bring that up about L.A. a bunch. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the conspiracy pod, but L.A. is a place where that happened very famously, like blatantly. And L.A. is still 
one of the most segregated places I've ever lived. And it feels intentional. Like LA of all places really needs a robust public transit system. And we don't have it. And I think it's because they don't want poor people, people of color, being able to like really get to a place like Santa Monica and fucking hang out. And so, yeah, you just don't, it, it very much is in LA, like South LA, that's where all the black people are. And East LA is where all the brown people are. Like it's, it's still that way. Right. And just not only did that happen, but it also the way America is built, they literally changed law so that this affects generation after generation. So uh, a couple books I want to recommend to people. Uh, one is by this author named Jonathan Mitzel. It's called White Flight. No, it's a, no, Jonathan Mitzel is dying of whiteness. And the other one is White Flight. I might get the authors mixed up, but they in certain parts, they talk about all of this. But anyway, so the way it works in America is. So say you live in a specific zip code and you pay taxes, the property tax and all of that goes to pay for public schooling. So because they've already set up redlining and they've artificially suppressed what black home values can be, that trickles down to public schools. So I ask people either it's one of two things, either black people just don't care about schooling and our schools are just shitty because of that or somehow this money is not going to us and our schools are always way worse than public schools in the suburbs because it's been proven that because of what they've done that's why our schools are underfunded and the suburban schools you would think that it doesn't work like that in any other area like imagine if your tax dollars went to the roads near where you live instead of just evenly divided across the state and country you know yeah yeah that is weird when it comes to how those property taxes work because yeah, there aren't any, I can't think of any other examples where, yeah, well, why pay this tax, but it's just for my neighborhood. But I didn't realize that's how like property taxes work. Yeah, it all goes into it. That's why poor, more poor zip codes and such, the schools are always worse. They can't have all of this. And the main reason this episode came into my head is, well, it's actually one of two things. It just came out an article that a Navy Federal Credit Union, basically they were it happens with all banks, literally like all banks, if you read the article, but Navy Federal Credit Union, they were doing it a lot more. They were basically turning away black applicants at a higher rate than white, even if all criteria was met or even better. Like in some cases, they were showing that like a black household making 140,000 were more likely to get turned down than a white household making like 65,000 for a mortgage. Like, yeah, that's how is that possible? What crazy. And yeah. A couple things we should point out about that article. We'll link to it. It's a really good article. For one thing, CNN, man, they've really been challenging the government on the front page lately. Like you don't, you don't normally see it from them. We just did an episode a couple weeks ago where they talked about this disappearance of this Iowa newspaper carrier back in the eighties. And at the end, they're like, maybe it was the government. It's really fucking interesting. Wow. And this too, they're like, Navy Federal Credit Union, that sounds like a niche thing, but they're actually the largest credit union in the U.S., and they serve all military members and their families. So they got a lot of fucking applicants, a lot of customers, a lot of people coming to them for mortgages. And yeah, the statistics in this article are fucking nuts. 
Also, it's another thing. Like, I swear, I thought it was deja vu. Like, a couple months ago, uh, it was some article I read. They were like, oh, yeah, and uh, just so you all know that um, black home appraisals, if the house is black, it's going to be underappraised by, like, 30 to 40 percent. I forget the exact number. And I'm like, is this a reprint? I swear I just read this article a year and a half ago. So I Googled it, and they were like, oh, no, uh, yeah, we literally just did an article about this two years ago. So basically what happened is this – black family they were trying to get their home appraised i'm not sure exactly what home appraisers do i can't afford a home so i think it has something to do with your insurance but basically they were trying to get their home appraised to sell it i think it has something to do with that so the the people came out they were like yeah your house is x amount they like that doesn't seem right i looked at zillow and all of my neighbors so he uh get a white family to come live in his house and called i think either the same company or another one i want to say it's the same one it went yeah. up by like 30%. Yeah. This yeah. happened in two different stories, different areas. And it's so common that like it's been like all of the stuff I'm talking about, this has been like well known and jokes in a black community. It's actually a show. It was surprisingly good with Tracy Morgan, uh, the last OG. You ever seen it? You ever heard I'm of it? Yeah, but I've always wanted to watch it. I've heard good things. And they I like actually, Tracy Morgan a lot. Yeah, I was surprised. Like he's a he's one of them. Like I can only handle seventy percent Tracy Morgan. One hundred percent Tracy Morgan is way too much. <laughs> but on that show, he's seventy percent Tracy Morgan. But they literally did a whole episode like that where his mom uh, used his white friend or his I think it was his uh, ex wife, white husband. She was like, "Hey, can you just live in my house for a couple of days while I had this home appraisal and it'd get higher?" And like yeah. these are things. Yeah, the thing is like. I don't even consider this a conspiracy episode because, like, this is all stuff. If you're black, the black viewers listening, like, man, it's ain't no conspiracy. We all know this. We've always been told that no matter what, if yo, even if you have the same income, no arrest record, it's going to be harder to get a mortgage. It's going to be harder to get a job. Like, I forget the exact number. I want to say it's three, but like, it's literally been proven that if three black families move into a household, I mean, move into a neighborhood, the value goes down. Even if they bring make the same amount of money, you know, yeah. no criminal record. Like, what is that besides the government or how or if it's not the government, the housing market discriminating against black, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it belongs on a conspiracy episode because it's a thing that I'd say more than just white people like conservatives, I think right wingers tend to have this belief that. I mean, sure, there's still racist people in the world, but it doesn't like impact your life. Like you can just pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Like why not just work a little harder? And it's it's like so much more complicated than that. Like in situations like this, it is literally the system being rigged against people and making things harder for people. And you can't argue pull yourself up from your bootstraps if it's not a level playing field. Like if just purely by virtue of being white, you have all these other opportunities that other groups don't have, like that has to be fixed before you can start making the pull yourself up from your bootstraps argument. And this is like just one example of this happening. Like it's been a thing forever. Yeah. And this thing's like, I would try and uh, have past white coworkers like he I would tell him stuff like this. and He never even heard of it. Like he never heard of redlining. And the way America is, I think like a past episode, you were just talking about someone were saying that the average American, what, what was it? The United Kingdom or something like that. They they never heard of 
So I wouldn't be surprised if the average person never heard of redlining and they just like, oh, that's not real or that's a myth. And just to go back into that, like in one of the books, not only did they create redlining, but up until the point that black people started buying houses just to be a mortgage agent, you didn't need to pass all of these tests and stuff. They literally created that because they didn't want black real estate agents to be able to sell homes. Yep. And then they were like, all right, y'all can sell homes, but y'all can only sell them to black people. And in these areas, like it's it's crazy. And like Americans, we look at different countries like they'll look at somewhere like Finland or Denmark or Japan. They like, how do they have public transit in 150 mile per hour trains? I'm like, well, when you don't have racism or your population is 97 yeah. percent that everybody is fine with working towards a better goal. But like people yeah. don't realize how much racism actually holds America back, you know? I mean, we spend a lot of time and resources into keeping it a thing. Of course, it's going to hold us back, like in so many ways. And like back to this article, there's so many like crazy stats in this that make it really clear that this has to be intentional. Like this is a government agency for all intents and purposes. And when they're pressed on this, like there's one loan in particular that they talk about where this guy went to try and get a home loan and he had done business with Navy Federal Credit Union. He'd paid off a bunch of auto loans. His credit score was over 700. I think he made like $140,000 a year. He had a 20% down payment. Like that sounds like everything you need to get a home loan. And for some reason, Navy Federal Credit Union was like, no, we can't do it. And then he goes to another lender and gets approved in like two weeks. And when they press Navy Federal Credit Union on that, they're like, well, you know, we take a lot of factors into account, like credit score and things like that. And they were like, well, this guy's loan wasn't denied for his credit score. So what was it? And they're like, oh, no, we're not going to tell you. Like CNN asked for the, you know, paperwork or anything that would show what justifies this disparity in loan approvals. And they just won't do it. And like, that's a conspiracy. Like that's. That's a government agency actively working to nefarious ends and saying they're doing something otherwise. Yeah. And it all plays into each other. It's such a complicated thing to explain because like the average person, your most expensive expense each month is living rather that's rent or rather that's mortgage. Like if a parent died or something and left you a house, even if you don't live in it, you go sell that house for $300,000. That's life changing money. Yeah, you can put a down payment or if you got a house, you can pay off a house. And that just created a new level of wealth for you. So now imagine instead of three hundred thousand because you're black, that's a hundred and thirty thousand, which is nice. But think about how much that affects just the black economy over decades and stuff over decades and decades. Yeah. And it is a thing that's been like it's the history of this country. There was the the was it Tulsa? Yep. The race riots, the Tulsa race riots. Like sometimes it's as blatant as that. I don't know what point in history people think the United States changed that much. Like at what point have we stopped suppressing the rights of non white people? It's what we were built on. This country is built on the back of two different genocides. We fucking teamed up with the Nazis after world war two. Like that's documented. Operation Paperclip. We've right. talked about that a ton on this. So like after World War II, we're half Nazi 
And we have this whole population of people who are starting to like ask for equal rights. And we start doing a bunch of Nazi shit to like wipe out the entire progressive wing of the government that is also pushing for those things. Like that's, we know all that happened. I don't know at what point people think that is supposed to have stopped because from there you go into the war on drugs and private prisons and crack, which are all things we also as a government kind of started. So like, why would, I don't know why this would surprise anyone, but I know it does. I know there's people who read this and are like, can you believe it? Right. And of course. to go back, to go back to Tulsa, that's just one of many race riots. Uh, I, I read a lot. So a lot of these uh, numbers get mixed up in my head. They call it like the red summer. It was like a 24 month period where I forget how many race riots happened in America. And Tulsa is the most famous. And by most famous, I mean, a lot of America, well, a lot of white Americans learned about it because of the HBO show, The Watchmen. Like it was yeah. a, it was all over the, uh, like Google and stuff. Like people were Googling Tulsa race riot. They were like, oh, this is just made up for the superhero show. Right. And they were like, no, this is actually pretty much from our history, exactly how it happened. And yeah. I wrote a cracked article at one point about communities we burned down like for no reason. And I put the Tulsa race riot in that. And there were people who were like, oh, I had never heard of this. And it's like, fucking, I'm the first person you heard this from? That makes sense, because I didn't hear about it until I started researching this article. So yeah, like, we don't teach racism in school. That's that's the problem. Yeah, and like, it's even, it's going to be even more difficult. Like, I just so happened to go to a school where half of the teachers lived through the 1967 Detroit riots. So, you know, they knew the history and they would just like go off script. But like the average person, a lot of black people don't know this history. And like basically the Tulsa riots is when black people did exactly what conservatives say. They pulled themselves up by the bootstraps, made their own community. They had black doctors, black entrepreneurs, deli owners, all of that. And uh, the white residents were like, well, we can't be having that. And they just burnt it off, burnt it down. They used the usual excuse that they claim some uh, black kid either whistled at or raped a white girl or something. But and yeah. like it's rumors. It's never been officially confirmed. But like there always been rumors that the United States government dropped a bomb on it or like pouring gasoline or something, depending on what source. And like, uh, why wouldn't they? That's just America, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a crazy story. And I think it is that he like whistled or something. It's yeah. Like, people should look into it. It's it's wild. Yeah. And to this day, they can't even confirm how many died. Like I, I tweeted when the show came, I was like the most unbelievable plot on this show about superheroes and a dude who can travel through time is the United States government giving black people reparations. Like that <laughs> happened on the yeah. show. It's more and we, that has happened in real life. Like in the show, it's a plot. They have this thing to test your DNA. And if you were like a second or third generation uh, ancestor of the race riot, you received basically reparations. And I'm like, yeah, that's way more. And to me, that's more more unbelievable than some yeah, alien yeah. showing up. Yeah, I, that's that's a really romanticized vision of the U.S. government. Like, I don't deny that there's people in the U.S. government who want that, but I just don't think it's what the U.S. government as a whole wants. Like. The aims of this government are way more unified than people make them out to be. Like we both, the, the two sides fight over the petty shit. But when it comes to stuff like, you know, incarceration, laws, criminal justice, immigration, 
this government is pretty much in lockstep, no matter what administration is in place. Joe Biden is against all odds about to be the president who builds the wall. And it's because Republicans won't give more money to Ukraine if he doesn't. So he's like, fuck it. I'm a right winger when it comes to immigration now. And right. like, that's why shit like this is so much in danger of never being fixed. At the end of the day, America is a capitalist country. And like, if you were to break it all down, one of the basically cornerstones of capitalism is it has to be like this lower working class to keep everybody else motivated to say, if you don't take part in it, this could be you. And evidently America decided that has to be for the most part, black people, you know, it's yeah. like, if we, do you know about the GI bill thing? No. Tell me about it. Basically, uh, I want to say, was it after World War Two? I'm pretty sure it was after World War Two. Basically, when the GI Bill came out, it was for veterans, but not black people. <laughs> That's basically it. They like, wait, so you telling me we helped defeat the Nazis, but the GI Bill can't help us? And the GI Bill is how so many generations built basic wealth. They were able to get home loans, get a decent amount to put down. And back then in the 40s, if you got a house, that's how so many families were able to have a house, two cars, a wife that doesn't work and two kids. You got that's a huge leg up. Yeah. And it's in one of the books I read. I want to say it's one of the books I read or either a documentary like or either it was either impossible. They either made it a law that black people couldn't get the GI Bill or you had to jump through like a thousand steps. And like there are stories about post carriers. They were like tear up the mail that included anything like that for black residents. So they wouldn't even get the mail about things like that. Like you cannot tell me like if, if even if it's not the government, it's been ingrained in America that for some reason, black people being equal means less for you, which is completely nuts. Yeah, that is an insane notion, but it does seem to be the thing that people lean on. Like, well, what's going to be taken from me? if this happens. But also, I don't even know if it's that complicated. I think some people are just fucking racist and just don't want to see black people do better or succeed. And I think those elements exist in the government. I think there is a sizable portion of this country's population that thinks that's what America is. Like, I think they see native people black people as like a war that we've won. And this is just how war goes. Like we won. So we live a little bit better than you do. It's an insane fucking idea. And that's why no one ever says it out loud, but it feels right. like that's gotta be part of it because like the idea that, well, we're living in a post racism world. You have to be either so willfully ignorant or just like lying because you want things to be the way they are. Like, I think some people are just fucking racist. Like, I know it. I know that's the case. Yeah. And for years, I just always thought that that was like some internet joke that I didn't get. Like the, oh yeah, Obama won. Uh, racism is over. But there were, <laughs> it turns out there was really white people that believed that. Like, how yeah. could America be racist? We elected a black president. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? How could America be racist? And then half the country started burning effigies of our president. And it's like, whoa, what a fucking coincidence. Now you all hate the government. Go right. Like they're like the most recent example is them voting out affirmative action. You let the yeah. average I, maybe liberal too. I don't know. Like all these lines, they just words to me because like people show their true colors when the shit hit the fan. Like you ask the average American, you would think that 
affirmative action meant every black person gets into any college we want. If I want to go get yeah. an office job, I can. Uh, we get some type of check. Like, there's really people that believe all of that. So they voted it out. And, like, one of the main dudes behind it was some Asian kid. Wasn't he, like, from Canada or something? <laughs> I think so. If you look yeah. into the story, he wasn't even from America. They're like, what? Yeah. You, we're not the reason y'all kids not getting into Harvard. Yeah. The reason they're not getting into Harvard is, like, 90% of the people in there are, like, kids of Harvard graduates. Yeah, there's that's a thing I always bring up when people are like, oh, we just need all these old, rich, white racists to die off and then things will be better. It's like, I'm sorry, but they have kids. They have kids who are like, oh, this is how dad got rich. Well, I guess I'm joining the family business. Like they're yeah. not going away. Like, And it's like that. It's like the Midwest racism compared to Southern racism. Like I tell like people don't really. People be talking about the South like, bro, I'm from Michigan. You don't have no idea that racism out here is just casual. They just yeah. say things like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys didn't have to pay for college at you or you got this or that. Like, where are you getting this from? Yeah. Like, have you ever met a 30-year-old? There's a shit ton of racist 30-year-olds that are going to grow up to be old 70-year-olds that inherit their family's company. Yeah. And that sucks. That's America, you know? It is. What Have you heard the gangster rap? private prison conspiracy yeah yeah i've heard of it i i somewhat believe it like uh basically it goes that at some point the labels in the uh prison industries they were afraid that groups like public enemy and the tribe called quest their message was could lead to like the basically the next civil rights movement or something like that yeah depending on how you word it now it, it depends because like I did a video kind of covering that and a lot of the older dudes that were out, they were selling, saying also the thing was that it's not just that. They were like that stuff was getting corny to them at, at a while, basically because they were saying the music really wasn't reflecting what they were living through. So it could be something I could see record labels pushing that. But also we know in America, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. So anything yeah. provocative is going to become popular anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The version of it I've always heard was that the labels eventually were like owned by the same parent company or had like the same investor group. And those investors also had money in private prisons. And they were like, so what we're going to do is push this music that promotes like selling crack. And that's going to lead to a shit ton of arrests. And we're going to fill up our private prisons that way. And they're like, both versions of that are unprovable. Like it's, it literally comes from, I think one internet post, like one guy posted and was like, you're not going to believe what happened. And he's not, ne there's never been any proof of it, but I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. Like we're a really crafty government. Like that's one of my least favorite comebacks. When you bring up a conspiracy theory is when people are like, yeah, but this government, they're so dumb. They don't, they don't get anything done. They're stupid. And it's like, man, we have been holding down like more than half the population for a long, long time and looking like the good guys the whole time. Like right. that takes more than luck. That takes effort. That takes propaganda. That takes a lot of moving parts that people just don't want to believe are there, I think. Yeah. And all of this, like just introducing crack would have worked anyway, even if they didn't do anything to the music. Once if you I tell it's the reason why prisons don't work. 
going to prison is not a big enough deterrent to somebody who doesn't know where their next meal is going to come from. And all you do is introduce crack. Next thing you know, these dudes are like, wait, that's all I got to do. And I can get a car and a house. Yeah. And it trickles down. And I thought, according to Google, this is still unconfirmed. I just thought we like all accepted that the U.S. government did that. But it's still people that are like, oh, no, we don't know if the government did that. So you think all these black folks just all of a sudden got planes and brought over tons and tons of powder? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it's really unfortunate that the guy who basically broke that story, Gary Webb, he's dead now. He killed himself. <laughs> right. But it's really unfortunate that history has kind of painted that as, well, the New York Times and the L.A. Times discredited that story or they debunked it and they didn't. All they did was criticize a couple of his reporting methods. And like in one case, they were like, okay, well here he says it was a lot of crack. It was just some. And it's like, motherfucker, talk about the claims. Like they just nitpicked the details of how he told the story. And history has painted that as they debunked that story. They absolutely did not. Like the CIA was clearly involved in getting crack into this country. And I think it's kind of naive to assume it was just the CIA. There's the story. I think it was Detroit where the, the white boy Rick yeah. shit happened. Yeah, that was Detroit. The FBI was giving him crack. Like they were encouraging him to go out and sell crack. And then eventually they arrested him. And he was like, you told me to. What the fuck do you mean you're arresting me? So like, I mean, how much more blatant do people need it to be? Like that's law enforcement being like, hey, go fuck this neighborhood up for a while. Like it's obvious. Right. And just when we talk about like propaganda, these are all stories that have been told like uh, 19, it's either 1987 or 1988. Robert Townsend's movie Hollywood Shuffle is partially a comedy. But what if you watch the movie, what he's basically saying is, yeah, in the 80s, if you want to be a black actor, only Rose is a pimp a drug dealer or, you know, some background character, then you yeah. jump to 2000, uh, Spike Lee's movie, Bamboozled. And he's saying like, the only thing these studios want to make is, yeah, they'll let you do a Cosby show every now and then. But what they really want is gangster movies and, you know, us shooting each other. Yeah. And that's, that's what they're going to push. And like I keep saying, this is all stuff that's, if you're black, you've heard all of this. If you grew up in a community with black folks, you've heard all of these stories. Like the most recent one, uh, just to backtrack, when we talk about people that they just don't want others to have uh, equal, like the Obamacare. If you think back, people's main pushback of Obamacare was, oh, well, what about people on welfare and the, the immigrants? They might use it. Like, How does that take from you? You don't have health insurance, but you worried about somebody overusing it? What does that have to do with you? Yeah. And like, even then, like cross that bridge when you get to it, like people will overuse. Like if you just give people absolute free healthcare, yeah. I've worked in the healthcare industry. They'll overuse it a little bit, but who fucking cares? You still have health insurance. Yeah. And you're not paying it. Fucking care. Like uh, the book I read, uh, Dying of Whiteness, it's a whole chapter. He does. Uh, and also the interesting thing, he wrote about this book like you can throughout the book, he starts to realize that Trump really has a chance. I want to say the book might have came out in 2016 ish or something like that, right around when people realize like, oh, yeah, America is racist enough to elect Trump. Oh, before I forget, I always wanted to say 
and you always say like, yeah, uh, when Trump was running, people were calling you crazy when you were saying he had a chance to win. I know tons of black people that were like, oh, no, America is racist enough to elect this guy like yeah. that. Like we a lot of us knew that America's reaction to a black president was going to be the most blatantly racist one. But anyway, in the book, so he does these two different group studies and just asking them regular questions. He starts asking them about their health and stuff. And then uh, it's a group of white people from basically literally every every uh, way, every class from the working poor to six figures age groups. And then he does the same thing with uh, black people. So they pretty much all agree on things like, yeah, I need to eat better. I need to not eat as much McDonald's. But he said, well, he noticed this once they got to the part about Obamacare, <laughs> the white participants, they just literally had all of these crazy conspiracy theories. Like, I think I changed the title to one of my videos. It's called Mexican Mexican Pork Chops. Like, they're like, oh, no, we can't we can't have Obamacare because what happens is the Mexicans come over here and they don't they don't want to pick the uh, vegetables. And ain't no Americans going to do that job. And they get they get haughty and they want to eat pork chops and stuff. He's like, where is this stuff coming from? I swear to God, you have to read the book. It sounds like the most insane shit unless you read the book. But yeah, just and then when he talks to the black group, they like, I mean, yeah, well, if we got to give other people something so that I can have health care, that's fine. What the hell is it to me? And that's always been the attitude, how we have to survive in this country. Like, yeah, we've been raised to accept that. All right, we're going to have to find we'll make this. We'll we'll give this up if it means this. And the average American's reaction is always like, oh, well, no, I'm not sharing this. Like, dude, you're literally not even sharing it. They just yeah. want to give you all health care. Like it, it took uh, most of the book takes place in Tennessee. Like if you look into Tennessee, Tennessee is fucked up. Most of the it's like entire counties that don't have a doctor in it and stuff like that. Oh, and it's yeah. because they fought against things like this. Right. Like, yeah. How racist do you have to be that you'll rather have COPD and not be able to see a doctor just so that a black person or a Mexican can't? And he was telling them, like, y'all, y'all knew no y'all concerns. Me- illegal immigrants can't even get retirement. They were saying, like, oh, yeah, and they draw. And re- oh, no, they were saying that, yeah, and these illegal immigrants, they come over here and they get welfare. He's like, they don't get welfare because they don't have social security cards. What are you talking about? Yeah, and I think people would be. I don't know. People who make arguments like that would probably be really surprised to know how many rich people are getting welfare benefits like that thing where people are like, well, rich people don't get rich by spending their money. That is truer than people think. Like there are I promise you, I guarantee there are lots and lots of even if they're not rich, they're doing, you know, better than most people you would expect to be getting food stamps. But what rich people do is they move their money around so it seems like they don't have it. Like they'll give it to their kids. Like that was the big New York Times Trump tax scandal that they broke was his family over the years would like give their kids money under the guise of it being like gifts and things. And all they were doing was just moving their wealth out of their name so they didn't have to pay taxes. I don't remember the exact number, but like it's literally in the hundreds of billions. It might be trillions. Uh, they estimated how much wealth was taken from basically black Americans through the generations. When you count everything from not being able to buy houses or our areas, our area codes being artificially suppressed to 
when you look at something like the Crown Act, which is stupid to me because you can't take racists out of people, but basically the Crown Act is something they passed in like eight states that basically say you can't discriminate against black people because of their hair. Like there's literally been <laughs> studies that said if you're black and you have and you go to a job interview with natural hair, or if you're a woman and you have braids or something, you're it's a higher chance that you don't get the job. All of that stuff plays into how much money we make or the want the studies to show that if you have a black sounding name, it's a higher chance that you won't get a call back on your resume. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff is all documented. It's not like just rumors. Like those are things people have looked into. People have run studies, done reports like it's all real. And it's just so frustrating how many people I think even people on the left don't want to believe things are as bad in that regard as they really are. Like we want to believe we've made a significant amount of progress in terms of civil rights. And yeah, yeah, like some, but you, I mean, you got to admit it's not enough. Like things are still really fucking bad. And then like the left is great at losing sight of things like this. Like we tend to have like one issue at a time that we really care about. Like when Trump came into office, my, my concern was like especially his take on immigration because that's a thing that can transcend race like you can get black people into being against immigration also right. really fucking easy and for good reason like there is something to be said for okay well you're making sure they're getting jobs but not here like that's that's one of the arguments i brought up about trump was one of his programs early on like i do feel like trump wanted to go for the black vote immediately if you read his first campaign platforms one of the things he suggested or recommended which i know people bring up crazy shit when they're campaigning all the time but one of his things was a refugee program for american kids and it was basically the idea was well you have kids living in places like chicago Baltimore, Washington, DC, where there's just a shit ton of gun violence. And sometimes like maybe only an older sibling is the only like parental figure left. Like these were all Trump arguments. And his thing was, well, what you do is you take those kids out of those communities and move them to like safer places like middle America, I guess. I don't know if that was going to involve like foster families or fucking group homes or what but that was a recommend that like that was a platform of his and i could picture people being like well yeah that's what people on the left want for immigrants like the argument on the left is okay well you're living in central america it's a fucking war-torn nightmare of course you should be able to come here and i feel like if he went with that policy that was going to be the pushback people on the left would be like no that's stupid we don't need that because this is the united states and it's fine and then a lot of voters could have been like okay so you want it for immigrants but not for people in these communities and i'm glad that didn't happen because that program sounds like it could end in disaster really yeah just removing Which. somebody from a whole from an entire community breaking up communities you know community is more than just where you live it's the the culture, the, you know, yeah. that's something you can't replace. Well, hello, everybody. This is Adam, host of this podcast. 
Are you wishing you could get this podcast without annoying ads like this one? Or maybe you're wishing you had a few extra bonus episodes to listen to each month, also without ads. Well, hey, those are dreams that can absolutely come true. Just head to youdon'tpod.supercast.com and pick from one of several subscription options we have available. Case in point, you can subscribe to a bundle that includes ad-free episodes of Conspiracy the Show, along with two bonus episodes each month, or even better, if you just love everything we do across the board as a podcast network, we have a bunch of options that get you all of our shows for one low price. We even have lifetime subscription options. The possibilities are endless. I mean, not really, but you get it. Anyway, that's youdon'tpod.supercast.com. Subscribe now and never listen to me sell you anything again. And even if you don't subscribe, please know we love you all the same. Thanks. Let's get back to the show. But also back to the immigrant thing. Like I said, America, one of its greatest things outside of capitalism is keeping people divided. So like when you think back to the Rodney King riots, but also uh, I think it was like in L.A. when the Korean lady shot the little girl she thought was stealing. Yeah. But what was building up is because. I guess it's not a thing out here, but apparently in L.A. it is where like you have a lot of shop owners, uh, liquor stores like out here. They all own the beauty supply stores. They're like Korean owned and black people were like, how are other groups able to come to this country and they get whatever type of assistance, you know, they get. But when we try it, we either are denied or we have a Tulsa situation. So things like that, when you have other groups, it all it's all a part of America's plan and things like that don't sound like a conspiracy until you think about it. Like yeah. what other reason would it be? Like where I live, uh, part, I live in Detroit. Uh, for people that never heard of Dearborn, like Dearborn is like 10 minutes from Detroit. Dearborn has the largest Middle Eastern population in America. Like, yeah. But beyond that, they have their entire own community. Like if you drive through it, it's like being in the modern part of the Middle East. They have their own lawyers, doctors, delis, mechanics. And not only that, they have signs and Arabic. So it's like you have your own community if you come over there. So the people don't a lot of people don't understand why a lot of black people have anger towards stuff like that. They're like, we literally did what y'all told us to do and they burnt our shit down. But how is it that in every major city you have uh, Chinatown in Dearborn, you have an entire culture that can support themselves? We call it Mexican town, like in Detroit, in the southwest part. They have their own area. They self-sufficient. You can either bilingual or only speak Spanish. And then they look at and then other groups look at black people like, see, everybody else did it. We like we tried. Y'all yeah. burn it down every time. Yeah, it's treated a lot different when that part of town is just black people. Like, yeah, it's like, OK, we need we need this under surveillance or or every crime is overreported or something like that. Oh, like, I mean, I guarantee you Dearborn is under some government surveillance, too. Like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Dearborn. Yeah, definitely. Especially after 9-11. But I mean, just yeah. in general, like, it's just weird that you know that every other area, like I'm sure the Chinatown in L.A. or whatever, maybe I'm not sure what they call it. They have their own thing. Like if you were to just come from one of those communities, you can feel at home. You can speak your native language. You can find authentic dishes. Yeah. But black people, we don't you know, we don't have any of that. Yeah. And, I mean, I had another point I was about to. And I do oh, feel oh. like even in cases where there is that, like we don't 
label it that people are like, oh, well, there's the ghetto. And it's like, right. No, that's just like, that's just the community where black people live. Like, especially in LA, we got Koreatown, we got Filipino town, we got Chinatown, and then we have South LA. And it's right. like, well, that's, that's where all the crime is. And it's like, yeah, you've been to Koreatown. There's crime there too. There's crime everywhere in LA. It's just, we give it a different name when it's like, it's just Inglewood if it's black people, which that's weird and probably very intentional. Right. Or like it's it's so much little stuff that people never heard of. Like outside of uh Tulsa, we had back in the days in Detroit, we had something called Black Wall Street. And it was a small area. I want to say it was on the west side of Detroit. I forget what area, but like they had their own communities, black tailors, shoe shop owners. If you wanted to pretty much anything you wanted to do, and it created a lot of wealth. And the US government literally came through, tore it down, and built a freeway. And you know those people weren't properly compensated. No, no. Yeah, that happened. Like, think, there's stories like that in L.A. There's pretty much every major city. It oh, all, yeah. If you trace it back, all of them areas where they built freeways over were all black owned areas. Yeah, there was one story here in L.A. that I guess has somewhat of a happy ending. But there was this family way back in the day that had like beachfront property in My, I is it called Miami Beach. I know it wasn't, I wasn't in Miami, but I think I heard of this. It might've been. Yeah. And this family, like the government just took their land because they were like, <laughs> black people living there. No, thank you. And like the city just took it and kept it until like last year. Yeah. Like they finally gave it back to the family and that's cool. Like the family, the family is like leasing it back to the city, which that's great. I love that they are generating revenue from it. But it also would have been really funny if they were like, we're putting a house there. Tear all your shit down. Because it's like a park now. Right. It would have been funny as shit if they were like, yeah, it's a park now. It's a private park. Fuck you. And to just get that back, that's like a one in 10,000 chance. Think of how many stories like that that just straight up don't happen. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's the Donald Glover's on This is America. It's like stuff like this has been happening so long and people that consider themselves liberals and progressives and stuff and either half of these stories they don't know or they like oh that's just a conspiracy like no there are literally books about this stuff what are you talking about yeah yeah like the cia crack thing i think is a big one like i i know so many people on the left who still are like <laughs> okay well that's crazy and it's like no it's not like it's th there's a fucking fx multi-season FX TV series about the CIA selling crack in the United States. Like, and, and not just crack. I forget what president it was. I want to say maybe Hoover. Like it's, he's on record saying we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be black or be a hippie. So what we did is criminalize marijuana and we could lock up the people that smoked it. I forget what president that was. Yeah. I don't remember, but I've also heard that quote and yeah, like people don't take that into account enough. I keep going back to Operation Paperclip throughout my life because I do think it's a startling fucking moment in American history where we were like, hey, let's all band together and fight the Nazis, but then also let's nuke Japan and bring the Nazis over here to help us run our government. Like after slavery, America, clearly a very racist government, like a government built on racism, now has this entire population that they just have to deal with. They have to put up with. And every day people are fighting to give that population more laws 
And along come the Nazis who are like, look, we might have been a little heavy handed with the Jews in Germany, but you have a population you would like to wipe out over a course of years. Let's just team up and fucking do it together and try to deny that post-World War II, like things in that way have gotten really aggressive. Like our prison population is out of fucking control. And like it all feels like Nazi shit. Like I, th- I think maybe we're the Nazis now. Yeah. And not only that over, it took them a couple of decades, but what America got really good at is they, it's like the Nazis came in. They like, all right, you guys got the racism down, but you got to be more subtle about it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we can get rid of Jim Crow laws, but you know, we still got to make laws that, okay, just look at their hair. So look at that name. See what we did. We knew how to spot a Jew name. So now this is how you spot a black name when they turn in a resume, you know, stuff like that. The little stuff, like when you compare it to it's, it's straight up Nazi shit. Like how do you, how else do you, you know, distinguish someone that you've never seen? You can look at a last name. Okay. That's traditionally Jewish. Look at this first name. That's traditionally black or look at the hair or, you know, like it's been proven that even if, if you're black and you have dark skin, darker brown skin, you're more likely to get more time than a black person with lighter skin in prison. Like just little stuff like that. You can't say that's not intentional or if it's not intentional, it's just so ingrained in America that we would literally just have to like start over for, over from scratch just to make things. I don't even know what we would have to do. And I think that's why stuff like AI and algorithms are never going to fix the criminal justice system because AI learns from examples It learns from what information it has available. And the only information available to AI systems right now is, well, we incarcerate black people at a much higher rate than white people. Like, how do you unteach the AI that when it's taking in all of this data? Like, you got to fix what's broken at the core before you can trust a computer to, like, fix it, I think. Yeah. And the thing is, that's where the money comes from. And just to go back to those small countries, they have an invested interest to, hey, our economy is a lot better when there isn't any homelessness. I forgot what country it is, but like it's one of them small countries, but they have like one that all they have is like one homeless shelter because they were like, well, it's easier for taxes for us to just house homeless people. Yeah. And, you know, then we don't have to worry about all of this stuff that trickles down. But America was like, uh, no, we just gonna criminalize that shit. Yeah, that's or, what's that's what's so frustrating about homelessness, even in L.A. Like the population of homeless people is so comparatively small when you take the population of L.A. in general into account. Like pre-COVID, it was only like twenty five, thirty thousand, and it like ex- it almost doubled, I think, under COVID. But still, that's not that many people. Like we should be able still to figure that shit out. And I think like we did an episode not too long ago, we should do a full episode about it. It just came up as a story in an episode where we talked about a bunch of news, but there is a suggestion that in LA there exists a homeless industrial complex where, yeah, there's people working to end homelessness, but it's because that's how they make their money. And so if they end homelessness, they're not going to make that money anymore. So really there's organizations out there that are taking in the money to address homelessness and then like intentionally keeping it going like on the low. And 
like that's absolute like that's a that's a case where like the government doesn't even need to act like you just hire the wrong people for a city job and the rest will take care of itself and that's what you see like one of the people in charge of addressing homelessness in LA used to work for a group that makes money off of homelessness in LA and she's like fired off contracts after contracts to that group. And it's just this ugly cycle where once people start making money at the expense of another group, people just fucking jump in and join in. And it turns into like generations of racism and abuse and shit like this. Yeah. Again, the books I mentioned, I definitely say check out if you are the audio versions, uh, they on one of those free audio apps. If you got a library card, but dying of whiteness and uh, white flight, both books that go way more into detail. And also I'm constantly covering things like this on my YouTube channel. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it is a conspiracy, but it's like, a, it's another two Americas thing. It's a conspiracy yeah. to one side of America and the other side is like, yeah, we've been hearing all of this and it takes a news. It takes a news report for y'all to believe us. Yeah. Yeah. Institutional racism is very fucking real. Like I, people need to fucking grasp that on all sides, but, uh, do we have any final thoughts? You, you plugged the books. Uh, uh, no, I figured this is, it's be too, I was thinking what's the most realistic. I think I've heard of most of these episodes. It's either this one or the John Lennon was replaced by a clone or some shit like that theory. What? <laughs> the, the one old girl, her, her theory is that John Lennon oh, died. Kim. Or is that Paul McCartney? Kim Crawl, yeah. The Paul McCartney theory. That's a very famous theory. It's nonsense, I, but it's, it's not. Famous. I was laughing so hard on that one because <laughs> she was so surprised that you knew like the basic facts of it. <laughs> I literally job. had tears in my eyes. She's like, oh, I just expected you to believe me. <laughs> like that is such a ridiculous, you know how impossible it is to impersonate a person? That would It would be really hard to replace Paul McCartney in that way. Yeah, it would be very <laughs> difficult. But yeah, I guess so. It's either this one or that one for which are the more likely. I think mine's might be a little bit more believable as far on as far on the, as the uh, conspiracy spectrum. Potentially, I think so. But yeah, uh, outside of that, uh, just check out my YouTube channel, and if you all like it, I got a Patreon. If you want early access, that's pretty much all I plug is my YouTube channel. Hoping to hit, I hit. Uh, by the time y'all hear this year, probably be over past fifteen thousand subs. I'm hoping to hit fifty by the end of next year. Nice. Uh, what is the, what's your YouTube handle? Oh, same thing is here. John Lewis just made it easy to search. If you search that, it'll come up right. and John J A W N Lewis, like Louis Vuitton. Cause, and I guess kind of to tie it back in here, the real John Lewis is like one of the most famous civil rights activists of all time. Yeah. Yeah. If you search him, <laughs> my name never would have come up. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think I have anything to plug. Adam Todd Go read my writings. I'll have artic more articles up by then. This comes out first week. This is our first episode of the new year. Very oh, cool. and, and I guess uh, white people listening, if you want to do a good favor, maybe be a stand in for a black home appraiser. You can help <laughs> out a black family gain yeah. some generational wealth. Clearly that works. Yeah. Let's get that Uber app going. A black <laughs> family needs a home appraisal. Just fucking pull up the app. That, white family that. shows up to sit in the living room and watch friends. Oh man, that would be hilarious. I could see somebody doing a whole skit about that. Like that that would be hilarious if somebody actually started that just yeah. white uh I don't we got to think of a catchy name for it. 
white flight or something like that. Get yeah. your white people to sit in for your black family after the appraisal. Yeah, white flight would be the right name for it. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, John, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let's get out of here say goodbye to the people see you all next time we'll hear you all next time i guess (laughs) goodbye everybody we love you people of earth your planet is about to be destroyed